Slag Guy. Hello and welcome to the Slag Guy podcast with me, Dave Elliott. How are we all doing? I know I say that on a lot of episodes and I say it like, how are we doing? Are we Obviously we're all going to be miserable at the minute because yes, there's lockdown number two is taking place. We've been shut down for the second time. The first time around was, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking out of turn slightly, but it was a wee bit exciting. Whenever I heard I was like not having to go and do anything, I thought, sweet, great, I live in the house, I can be a hermit by myself. This is just what I want to do, albeit I do have a wife and a child at that point, and um, probably should have cared about them a bit more, didn't, just lock myself in my room, play Pro Evo, play World of Warcraft, which I'd never played before lockdown one, but I got into it. It was a good time, it was a positive time, uh, looking back on it, because a lot of people, I think, as lockdown one carried on, people were sort of like, ah, oh, this is fucking boring as fuck. I wish you could just go and do things. Then slowly, as time passed, people started doing things they shouldn't be doing. They started going, you know what? I'm bored as fuck. I want to get out. I want to get blitzed. I want to snog people. I want to wreck a place. I want Stephen Nolan to be chasing me when I'm buying my cigarettes. I want to just ah, get me out of here. And then from the beginning... When we were all out just clapping the NHS going, you fucking, you nurses that wear masks all day long and you doctors that do operations for 15 hours in your masks, thank you so much. Now we're like, I'll not even fucking wear a mask if I'm going to my car. I'll not even fucking wear a mask if, I, if I'm going through a McDonald's drive through I will not wear a fucking mask and you can't fucking make me because you're taking over the world and the government are coming in, they're trying to do this. China are trying to plumb 5G into our brains by making us wear masks. Fuck them. And as this kind of sort of subdued a little bit, number two is coming in. Number one, we had summertime. We were just able to go in our gardens. People were just like, yeah, this isn't too bad. I can have garden parties. I can have, um, I can have if you want, an allotment. I mean, it's a nerd thing to do. I found that the first lockdown, a lot of people started doing really, really fucking losery things. They started being, well, I'm actually interested in my, in my garden a bit more. I'm into to horticulture. I actually have a carrot um patch and i have a cabbage patch and um i'm also getting into um being a virgin again i'm i'm rebuilding my virginal uh, foreskin because that's the thing a lot of people don't know is that women you know some people say that there's physical things that you can tell in some cultures i know in africa they they some tribes would check to see you know if a woman is indeed still a virgin before marriage and in a guy, that's that's the foreskin. I'm told that that the foreskin in a, in a virgin guy is like, is like the top of a, of a fresh cigar. You know, you have to you have to break it out. You have to cut it. Like you could actually take a cigar cutter and cut cut away your foreskin to get the the dick to come out. And that's eventually what happened during lockdown one. A lot of people started doing these really fucking bent things, and their foreskin grew back over. And um, but people were into it. People were into these things. People were into trying different things because it was summer. Everybody was positive. You know, everyone was buzzing. They're like, I'm going to enroll in online university courses. I'm going to better my mind. I'm going to get into my garage. I'm going to work out. I'm going to better my body. And then like about two weeks in, they were like, fucking open KFC. I'm not doing a drive through anymore. Open it. I want to sit in there and I want to look at somebody putting their life at risk of minimum wage while I suck the dead flesh off the bone of a battery chicken. You know, that's what they wanted to do. And now lockdown two's come in. People are not having it. 
in the summer were buzzing. We had Joe Wicks. He was just like Mr. Mr. Let's fucking work out, yeah. Now, literal, uh, literal story last week in one of the newspapers. Joe X is like, I'm kind of a bit depressed here with, with, with everything. You know, I'm a, bit, I'm a wee bit depressed. Don't like being indoors. And if this guy, the epitome of health and fitness and strength with a, a beautiful family and a beautiful wife is struggling, you know, what are we going to do? We're all fucked. It's autumn. It's cold. We can't go in our gardens. We're just going to be in our house looking out our windows crying. For four weeks, you know. And again, probably should have just worn masks. Should have gone back to when we were clapping for the NHS and just gone, maybe I could just wear. But we didn't. And here we are, you know. And you're probably looking at me going, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I tell you, because Ben, you cannot see behind the camera, full hazmat suit. You know, it's supposed to be PPE safe. And it is actually, you know, it is. But don't tell them it's just a beehive so, you know, it's just what bee, beekeepers wear, stop being stung by bees. Yes, he's not going to get stung, could potentially get coronavirus and die. But that's what it is. We are, we're here in a second lockdown, and I'm positive about it. Does it sound like I've lost my mind a little bit? Mm. But that's, that's for someone else to decide. And it's autumn. That's about the only other thing worth talking about at the minute. We're going lockdown into autumn. It's going to be, it's going to be something. A lot of people, um, a lot of people talk shit about autumn. I just want to say that off the, the bat. And not like they slabber at autumn. They should slabber at autumn, but they don't. A lot of people come out and they say about autumn, Oh my God. Autumn is just my favourite time of year. It is the best time of year because all the... Again, this is a bit sadistic. I love autumn because nature dies in front of my very eyes. The trees that I love that, that feed me with oxygen die. They perish. The leaves... They turn orange, they fall to the ground, and people go, yes. I, I'm like, if you're above five, you shouldn't go in to dead leaves and throw them around. Otherwise, there's a problem in your head. You should be put away if you do that. If you're above five, don't be at that. But people get all excited. You see on social media, they're all, look, I've put away my way, uh, put away my vest, and now I've got this woolen jumper out, you know, which is probably just taken off her dad, who's in the IRA. But they're like, you know, it's still comfy and so warm. It's made out of actual hun skin, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> I love putting it on. I love going to Starbucks, drink pumpkin spice lattes, which might just be normal coffee with just ginger fucked in it. I don't know, but they, they're like, this is the nicest thing ever. The same people who are like, Starbucks are fucking shite. The rest of the year, like, Starbucks, fucking bollocks. I go to, I go to just the wee local coffee shop down my street, like fucking Barry's Beans or whatever. I go there and fucking Starbucks. Starbucks is controlled by China, like a fucking coronavirus controlled by China. The government are trying to fucking, they go in, you get a wee loyalty card to, to fucking Starbucks. What they do is they take your details, they take your name, they try to control you. Then China's going to fucking implant fucking software in your brain and you're fucked that's what they're like nine times out of ten about starbucks rest of the time are like fucking pumpkin spiced pumpkin spiced is the best it's amazing and autumn is just about wearing warm clothes drinking pumpkin spice lattes and just other deciduous shit that is autumn in a nutshell but in reality it's the worst time autumn's the time where your body doesn't know how to deal from the change between heat and cold, like all autumn, just these parts of my nose, just the outside of my nose, are just they just break. I breathe and it just breaks, and I'm just sore. I seep constantly. I'm like a leper. 
I'm walking about like a leper sniffling and especially nowadays if you sniffle people do look at you like they're a leper and I do think that people who have colds should wear bells should be put in a colony by themselves definitely I mean I would go to there get away from my family it would make a lot of sense but that's but people just overrate it you know they think it's a great time I don't know what it is about it because definitely summer is better than autumn and definitely winter's better than autumn as well for that matter because in winter you have Christmas where as a child you get presents and as an adult you get pissed you know that's a fair like you look forward to Christmas because the decorum and behavioural standards that you have set yourself as an adult just get fucked out the window you do whatever you want you go to the office party you let your true feelings out now for me personally if I'm ever in the office I set my true feelings out all the time which is why I'm always up in front of disciplinary boards but that's near here nor there I speak my mind all the time, so whenever I do it at Christmas, people aren't startled. That's the tr- the trick. But people who say Halloween is the best time of year, once again, like people that get into leaves and throw leaves about, people are like, oh my God, I get to dress up. Problems. If you're an adult and you like dressing up, problems. You know, if you actually enjoy getting dressed up as like, again, you know, a celebrity. So say you get yourself thrown up. This year it would have been, and this is why coronavirus is great. This is why I'm like, thank God for coronavirus. It's like, yes, some people died. Yes, there's collateral damage. But thank fuck I don't have to see social media with everyone dressed as Joe Exotic like it's original. You know, that's all it was going to be all Halloween. Oh, look, it's Joe Exotic. Oh, look, I'm fucking Carl Baskin. And then there'd just be one person who wouldn't go on the night out. And they'd be in the photo, they'd be tagged, and there'd be a space there. And you'd be like, oh, who's... Who's Barry? It's supposed to be in your night out. And they'd be like, oh, he's actually Carl Baskin's husband who's buried underneath the, the tiger pen. And then people would be like, ah, oh, it's so funny. And then I'd be reading it going, I wish you'd all just kill yourselves. I really do. <laughs> That'd be great. But people love it. People love Halloween. They love to, I think, pretend to be quirky. I think that's a thing people like to do. They like to be like, yeah, I love Halloween because it like, makes me sort of like watch more true crime and watch me watch more like horror films and murders and stuff. And like, I really love murders and all, you know. And then girls who know nothing about like serial killers will just post stuff online being like, oh my God, did you see Jeffrey Dahmer on, on that documentary? Mm, wouldn't mind a bit of him. You know, wouldn't mind Jeffrey eating me out. You know, there'd be girls saying stuff like that. And it's just like, no, for a start, that is so wrong. Like, Jeffrey, don't be putting that you want Jeffrey Dahmer to eat you out, please. Like, I know he's a cannibal, but he loves cock. You know, that's the thing. This is the problem I have that. I don't mind girls saying he's sexy, because he is. But don't be thinking he's going to, you know, because unless you're a guy. And to be fair, he had a type. You know, he liked his men to be a bit more swarthy, let's say. And a bit more, you know. A bit more still. He liked the man to be swarthy and very still. You know, that that was his type. And if you're a girl who's like fidgety and excited, oh my God, I love Jeffrey Dahmer. See, Ted Bundy. Oh. What about your man, that Green River Killer? Wouldn't mind him bucking me into the river? Dead. And you go, that's the problem. He does, you know, they do kill people. And like, that's what I think with Halloween. They lose reality. You know, they're like, it's so cool. It's so cool. Like, I... <laughs> So cool, I wish Michael Stone would shoot me. And you go, no, that's where you draw the line. That's a problem. See here, Northern Irish serial killers, not as like romanticised as the ones that horror movies are made of. Because here you just don't see, you don't see a horror movie of just six lads beating the fuck out of somebody and chucking them in an alleyway. It just doesn't happen. It would be a wick story. You know, it would be a wick horror film. But I'm sure it would be someone maybe in America, girls over there, be like, oh my God, do you see that fucking paramilitary? He just knocked the fuck out of that guy. I love him to knock the fuck out of me and put his jack in my skull that he's caved in. Ah, 
You know, that's what people are all about at Halloween. And I just think it's fake. I think people should be honest and go, Halloween's shit. It's made up the past time between summer and Christmas because otherwise you'd just be depressed. And thankfully, Lockdown 2 is being implemented so we can all just be openly depressed together. And that's the time that we want to be depressed, isn't it? Whenever the weather's down, we're feeling shit. We just need to be more honest with each other and say, right, we're fucked. Lockdown too. Let's bury our heads. Let's hibernate for four weeks. And when it's better, we can come out like a fucking butterfly from the carcass of a caterpillar. But what we will do is just go, fuck's sake, I, I wish I was in Thompson's garage. And then you'll have people meeting in, in literal their mate Thompson's garage. There'll be about 50 people in, a, in some fucking box garage in Lenadoon. And then... They'll all get coronavirus. They'll have to go and see your granny because she's in the home. Give it to her. She'll die, kill the whole home. And they'll be like, but I just wanted to do poppers, my mates. And you go, four weeks. That's all you need to wait. That was the introduction to the podcast this way. I don't know, Ben, did I lose your run of myself a bit there? No, I, f- I felt like I just want to say, oh no, lockdown two's coming in, guys. Shit. You know, lockdown two's here. Shit. I'm sorry. Um, there was something I did want to talk about this week, and I just fucking lost her on myself. Um, uh, did you see the story that was in the Belfast Telegraph today? Um, at all about Osama bin Laden's son? Great story. For a start, you're going to go, what has Osama bin Laden's son been getting up to that he is in the Belfast Telegraph? Well, let me tell you. Osama bin Laden's son. P- <laughs> Paid a summer visit to Carrickfergus Castle. That's what he did before before the coronavirus kicked in. And he was like, one place I need to go before, not even Belfast. He's like, Carrickfergus. And I assume that's how he talks. I want to go to Carrickfergus. Because he's obviously spent a lot of time around the place, but fair play to him. And he turned up in Carrickfergus Castle. And the people in the Belfast Telegraph are like, this is a scoop. Um, but the story is, Omar Bin Laden... Who's I love how they put this. He's one of the children of the nine eleven terror chief's first marriage, um, and the only one of his children, fair play this guy, to publicly condemn his father's deeds, um, visited Carrickfergus, where he enjoyed visiting the castle. Well, what I love about that, they're saying he enjoyed it. Have they got a review? I would like the thought of going on TripAdvisor to see Carrickfergus Castle, Omar bin Laden. Pretty nice. And to be fair, my dad would have difficulty driving stuff into it. It would just, you know, it would definitely break. If Carrickfergus Castle's going down, definitely an inside job. Um, but apparently he went to Dublin Airport, spent a bit of time kicking about Temple Bar, getting a few drinks on board, and then he just went, you know what, fuck it, let's go to Carrickfergus Castle. And he did. He looked about, apparently he liked the song about Carrickfergus Castle. I didn't know there was a song about Carrickfergus Castle. Do you know that? Oh, I don't know. And the saying in the story that the Dubliners, Van Morrison, the Chieftains, and Brian Kennedy sang about it. And I don't know if that was some sort of Irish supergroup or whether it was, um, what was going on. But he just said, yeah, he just really, really wanted. He just loved that song in the in the mountains of Pakistan all those years ago. They're like, I tell you what's a banger, Carrick Fergus by Van Morrison. That's absolutely popping off. And now I can only assume he's heard Coney Island as well, because if he's going to do the full trip, he may as well fit that in, get some potted herrings in case he gets famished. Um, But then the tout comes in, Mr. Bin Laden's friend, saying, (laughs) I mean, this is great. This is a quote from Omar Bin Laden's friend. Um, Omar has always wanted to go to Carrick Fergus. It's hard to believe he's grown up in the Middle East thinking, fuck, I wouldn't mind going to Carrick Fergus. (laughs) 
And I love that. His dad's planning all these things, being like death through the West. And he's like, but if you're going to do that, please can you avoid Carrick Fergus? Yeah, I, I really want to go there. I love it. Um, but Omar in his younger days apparently travelled to the front line in Afghanistan with some of his father's followers. Um, and the experience left them. Yeah, this is this is a great line. The experience left and left him questioning his father's war against the West. Um, and it's not clear if Mr. Bin Laden visited anywhere else in Northern Ireland, but it's understood that he had a bit of difficulty getting into the Republic because the guards were like, "Mate, let me see that that passport, Omar Bin Laden. You're not related to bastard Bin Laden that did those." Did that wee thing over in America, are you? And he's like, well, I mean, I'm kind of related to him, son. Are you going to cause any bother? And he's like, nah, like, fuck's sake, in you go, mate. Come on, not for a shite. And he goes, Omar Bin Laden. And it's great to see. And I love that he, uh, he openly sort of just disses his dad. Like, I don't know about you, Ben. Is your dad ever in Paris, too? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. My dad's definitely embarrassed me, and I mean, I can relate to Omar Bin Laden in that respect, and that I'm sure the behaviour of his dad, you know, definitely made him a wee bit red about the face. You know, he's probably going, listen, like, I mean, my dad, to be fair to him, speaking of Halloween and Christmas and parties, he's had a, a wee bit too much eggnog the whole time, caused a bit of a scene, said some things to aunties or uncles that he shouldn't have said, it's been awkward over dinner, and I've gone... Oh no, I wish my dad hadn't done that. And I'm sure Omar's looked at the news and gone, oh fuck, I wish my dad hadn't done that. But at least he's living his dream. And what you, you can't see, in fact, you will be able to, because I forget about technology. Ben, can you get this photo? Look, look at us, Omar Bin Laden's hair. This guy is stylish. He looks like, he looks like an extra out of Battlefield Earth. Have you seen that film with John Travolta? Very sexy, a classic film that's absolutely panned by the critics, but appreciated by me because that's just the awkwardness that I have. But um, I really enjoyed that, and I just want to put a statement out on the podcast here that if Omar bin Laden wants to ever come back to Belfast, I'll meet him. We'll go for a coffee. I'll explain a wee bit more about the history of Carrickfergus Castle, about Belfast in general. I'll take him on a tour, and I'll get him on the podcast. So... If any of you guys out there are friends with Omar Bin Laden or have any contacts with him, you know, let me know because, I mean, well, I'm going to say it should be relatively easy to find because his actual dad was in his own house. They searched for years, raided countries, started wars, and where's Bin Laden? In his bed, you know, the whole time, just in his gaff. So, Omar, if you're listening, you know, get in touch. Do you have any comedy? Come on the podcast. We'll just, we'll have a really, really nice time. And, um... Maybe even, you know, if you want, you can rate and review the podcast because that's something we need to do. If you're enjoying the show, if you like listening, please rate and review the podcast. Um, this week has been, it's been pretty cool because um, we, we switched the podcast over, as a lot of you know, from being just an audio podcast to being a video podcast. A lot of people have been sharing the video, sharing the audio, just sort of putting it up on Instagram stories. And it's been really helping. You know, the listens have gone up this week and I really appreciate that. And if you rate and review it, it also really helps too. And the higher I can get rated and reviewed, the higher I can get up the iTunes charts. And then, you know, eventually I'll just be able to get guests like Omar Bin Laden without having to do shout outs in a podcast. I'll just be able to pick up my phone and just ring them directly because that's what it gets you access to. Great guests, you know, great guests on this podcast. So please rate and review it on, on Apple Podcasts. And 
if you haven't already, you know, there's a problem. You know, if you listen to this for free and you don't, there's something wrong. And if you listen to this and don't subscribe to Patreon, uh, also something wrong. And um, we're trying to push that a wee bit more at the minute. Patreon's been steadily growing as well. And, and I mean, Ben doesn't know this yet, but I've, I'm just going to tell him on the podcast. Ben, you're going to be filming loads of extra stuff behind the scenes. Just me doing whatever, going to the toilet, you know, shouting at homeless people in the street, whatever you can get. Any bonus content, we'll stick it on. All right, so you get access to that. There's there's an extra podcast to do every week, which is a video podcast and an audio podcast every week on Patreon. And it's it's a wee bit different to this in that um, the listeners' questions are can be a wee bit more kind of, you know, personal. I would sort of, you know, go behind the candelabra a wee bit more. I will explain a lot. I, like, I, I talk about other people um, in more detail, like I would admit about Shane, Shane Todd's crippling addiction to poppers a lot i can explain who his dealer is where he gets them what he does with them i say that on the patreon i also put nudes up with ben which he doesn't actually know that i have so i put in a different nude of him up every week his wife sends me a nude every single week and i just put straight on patreon and that's probably why the numbers are going up over there because people want to see his tushy and to be fair decent tushy did you know you were actually getting that happen to you do you know she was sending me pics well, I mean, at least you know now. You know, that's fair. So if you want to see Ben's dude, get over to Patreon uh, slash Sagai Podcast with me, Dave. Elliot, whoa, guys. Support for the Guy Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know what they do, Ben? They obsess over technology developments to provide you you, 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 with the best tools for your grooming experience. Now, I talked earlier in the podcast about the first lockdown, a lot of people trying to be positive. I think what you need to do for the second lockdown is prepare for war. And I know a lot of like ancient tribes and and like a lot of Native Americans and a lot of Inca tribes, any sort of like really like strong um, tribes who went to war, they would like get themselves ready for war by getting rid of their hair, they would shave their bodies, they would prepare for war by cleaning themselves up. You need to prepare for lockdown too by shaving your balls and dick. That's what you need to do. You need to be going, and in your mind, think to yourself, I'm going into lockdown too and I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to fuck it up and come out four weeks later with a shaved dick and a positive attitude. And that's what you can do if you get with Manscaped. But thankfully, there's more you can do. You don't have to just get angry. You can just shave your balls if you want. You can shave your balls, your shaft, your taint, your asshole. You can shave anything. Your hair, if you really want. You know, if you want to go overboard, you do that. Because Manscaped have delivered a tool. This tool here. This tool that Ben actually borrowed. So, I mean, pretty fresh. This is the lawnmower 1.0. Nah. 2.0. Nah. 3.0. Yes, this is the third generation ball hair trimmer from Manscaped and this trimmer features an, a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents um, thanks to its advanced skin safe technology it's premium gear you can see it looks sleek it looks stylish even if you didn't know it was a trimmer you might be like I'll just bring it with me because it kind of looks stylish pretend it's like a mobile phone even if, <laughs> if you want give it to your ch- children they all love toys like toddlers give it to your toddler and say yeah it's just a phone turn on shave their heads very funny you know you can use that it's got a battery that lasts up to 90 minutes so if you really want to get into the shaving experience you can you can have a ball that you know you can just slowly start shaving and you know a full you can watch a football match just ow actually caught my beard that's probably bad advertisement you can do that i didn't have it turned on that's why ow 
but you can do that if you want. And also if you want to use it in the shower, you can bring it in, it's waterproof as well. And the most favorite tool that you have uh, on it is this LED light, you know, so you can get a real good look at how small your dick is when you're shaving. So it's really good, it, it lets you really contour it, you know, it, it's just the perfect tool. And um, Ben, you can honestly say, has it changed your life? tenfold like this guy used to like you wouldn't even see it you know he was like mr mr Choi from the hangover at one point you know but then he's got rid of this and he's just like a man with with an average penis um and the thing about ben too as well as using it he also uses the stand he puts it in his living room he sets it on his on his mantelpiece so when people come to the house they know this guy looks after his piece they come in they go ben what's that there is that a wee vase and he's like oh it's just actually you know my great great granny's ashes. All right, okay. What's that beside it? It's how I shave my balls and dick, and that's what they do. They show off that you look after yourself. They show off you're a clean person. They show off you're a tidy person, and they show off you don't have cuts on your balls. And if you don't want to have cuts on your balls, you get twenty percent off a free shipping by using the code SlyGuy at Manscaped.com, and that is twenty percent off a free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code all capital letters SlyGuy. And hey, it's coming up to Christmas. Stick that in your stocking. Get a clean dick for Christmas. Make sure Santa's not the only one coming this Christmas with this. And the Sly Guy podcast is always brought to you in association with Modest Beer. Modest are an independent brewery crafting small batch beers for discerning drinkers. Brewed and canned right here in Hollywood County Down, Modest are on a journey with one clear goal in mind, to bring exceptional brews to the local craft beer market. Modest are not here to revolutionise the craft beer market, no, but they're here to add to it with a brand that is joyous, responsible, honest and modest. If you're keen to know more, please contact Modest Beer at Modest Beer on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter or at www.modestbeer.co.uk for the nearest stockists. Wow. I mean, you know what we might do someday, Ben? We might have like an end of, of like sponsorship run and we'll just get a fucking create a modest beer. We'll get some fucking ball hair trimmers, some spray. We'll just get blitzed and we'll just see what happens. You up for that? 100%. And hey, listen, well, maybe if you get on Patreon, we'll maybe invite you over too. Post, post lockdown, post COVID, we'll just have a real piss up and a shave. We'll go back to our wives, our boyfriends, our husbands, our partners, our kids. Change, man. You know, it'll be like, it'll be like apocalypse now. You'll come home and be like, hey, daddy, what's happening? And just be like, I don't want to talk about it. All right, but go, go to manscaped.com, you sly guy, and drink modest beer. And maybe, just maybe you'll end up like this too. Right, listeners' questions. Owen Kelly has said, Holla at Davey. Nice one. You seem to be pretty into your music. How much did you put into the theme song and will you be sticking with it for the foreseeable? Now, I don't know if that is a, a compliment or maybe a bit, of, a bit of a slight dig there because what I think is you're saying that obviously the theme song is it's quite similar to something else. And that was the idea. I got a, a close friend of mine to make it, who is a producer of music and a comedian. Now, there you go. Shout out to Phil McEwen for that. He made the tune. Now, it has slightly altered because Ben's come in. He's been uh, putting the video together. He's just gone, you know what? I don't like the length of that fucking entrance song. And why are you calling it an entrance song? You're not a wrestler. You're a freak. What I want to do is just cut it. And I said, well, what are you going to cut it to? And he's like, I'm just going to cut all the music out of it. It's just going to go... I'm a sly guy. And then straight into it. And that's what Ben's done. And that's 
you know why I pay him. He makes these decisions and he's taken it on himself to say the theme song shit and he's cut it. So fair play and respect to you, Ben. Um, but I mean, I do like it. And I would try and stick with it if I could, but Ben said no, so it looks like we're having a few changes. Um, Johnny Bo said, if you had to get a piercing, where would you get it? <laughs> That's an interesting question. That, that, to me, is the question of a man who's considering getting a piercing in a little bit of a strange position. You know, it's not the sort of guy thinking, maybe I'll get my ears pierced. I'm thinking there, maybe you're going to put a little hoop in your balls. That's what I think. Because that is a piercing you can get. Do you know what, Ben? You can actually get your scrotum in it, your ball bag pierced. Very aggressive. You can get a wee piercing in your, in your scrotum so you can, which I think would probably, if anything, be inconvenient. You know, I think it probably would cause a little bit of an issue. But um, in terms of myself, where would I get a piercing? I've said if I'm going to ever do a piercing... I need to come at it with the trifecta. I need a three-way piercing, interconnected. I need to get both nipples and my bell end pierced and hook it all together and just, you know, just show people what I'm about. You know, show people I'm, I'm pretty wild, pretty kinky, into all sorts of stuff. That's how I rock. You know, I would always wear a string vest to show it off and then people would be like, it looks like your uh, rings are interconnected there and they just hang down and I'd be like, no. There's a third piercing. And then they'll go, Oh, how do, I, how do I see the third person? I go, patreon.com forward slash slag podcast. And you'll see all about it. But um, other than getting the trifecta piercing, you know, I mean, I feel like it might be classic to get just two hoop earrings, you know. The older I get when my hair goes, I just want to look a wee bit more paramilitary. I'll be bald. I'll just have a couple of hoop earrings, start wearing wife beater vests. And... Uh, you know, Robin Banks and stuff have just become paramilitary, I think. So, yeah, either a trifecta or my, my ears. But, Johnny, if you're going to get a piercing, you know, please make it be. Please make it be your your ears. Because I think that would be really funny just to match with your, your like, normal suave approach. Just nice full three-piece suit and then just big fucking hoop earrings. Yeah. Um, Michael Kerr said, hey, Dave, talk to me about your ideal bougie mortar. For me, we're talking Mexican rice, salsa, cheese, guacamole, chicken, chorizo, and a burrito. Mm. Right, okay. My ideal bougie mortar would be... Not going to bougie would be my ideal bougie mortar because I think bougie's shit. That would be my... Like, I walked into bougie and I saw a guy looking at me who had even more than the trifecta piercing. He had his ears pierced, his eyebrows pierced, his nose pierced, his chin pierced, everything connected. He was wearing a long green hair with a hairnet on it. And I'm like, all right, Billy Eilish, definitely tuck that hair into your hat. And he was like, yo, man, dude, what can I get you, bro? And I was like, it's sir. When I come into your establishment, I want you to be professional. I'd like you to say, good afternoon, sir. How may I help you? And I'd say, okay, well, how does this work? Because I'm an old man. And I'd like him to go, well, what you have here is a selection of uh, fillings. You can either put the fillings into a box or you can put the fillings into a piece of, of flat bread. And I would be like like a hovis loaf. And he'd be like, no, no, it's more of a, it's called a fajita. And I'd be like, a fa- I, and he said fa- fajita because that's how it's spelt. And I'm a traditional man. And he'd be like, it's just called fajita because that's the woman who invented it. All right. And then you put the meat on and you can do that. And I said, right, okay. Well, can you put some ham on, some honey roasted ham, please? A little bit of mustard and then a slice of cheddar. And he went, no, you can't. And I went, okay, well, you know what you can do? Stick all these ingredients up your shite pipe. I'm leaving. I'm going to McDonald's. All right. Not a bougie fan. Now, that being said, I have gone to uh, use another um, sort of 
burrito establishment recently in Bangor called Bebe Adriano's. And tell you what, would recommend. It is a far superior um, restaurant, in my opinion. Everything's just nicer. You know, it's fresher, it's nicer. And when I when I call them, the guys answer the phone and they say, "Good evening, Mister Elliot." Which I mean, it's kind of sexy as well. You know, if you pick up, "Good evening, Mister Elliot," and I'd be like, "Oh, give me." Give me a fucking pulled pork, you dirty bastard. Oh, give me the give me the coriander rice and fucking stick it in a bowl. And he's like, ooh, would you like any sauce, Mr. Elliot? And I'd be like, what have you got? And he'd go, oh, I've got some guacamole. And go, oh, what else? And he'd be like, oh, I've got some sour cream. And I'm like, oh, I'll give you some sour cream. <laughs> Sticks it on and the man comes to my door. My door to my door and delivers, mate. And I love nothing more than a man turning up at my door to deliver me a big fucking meaty package. So yeah, shout out to Pepe Adrianos if you want to sponsor the podcast. Give me a shout. Um, but Michael, if you ever ask me a question like that again, the podcast, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna blacklist you. You're gonna be cast aside any question will just be ignored because there are some people who just have their questions ignored. One guy in particular who asks me nearly every other week, like w- something really weird about sex. He'd be like, Dave, what's your favorite sex position? Here, Dave, what what makes you come? And I'd be like, all right, weird. Here, Dave, what hand do you use to wank with, mate? Do you want to see a photo of my dick? And I'm, you know, weird. It's just every week. It's always something like that. What's your favorite? And I mean, what he doesn't realize is I'm a married man, so I don't have a favorite sex position. Any sex is 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 a favorite for me, you know? Whereas this guy just, I don't know what he wants me to say. He thinks I'm some kind of freak. You know, if, if I'm in bed, I'm there to do one of two things. That's either sleep or snore. There's no in between, you know? And I mean, I've spoken before about like a sex position that, that I like and um, I said it was the 96 and someone was like, I think you mean 69 and I said, nah, it's the 96. The 69 is where your face is in a crotch, their face is in your crotch, you're just sort of like, I guess it's like, it's like, it's like you're a big fucking pig eating slops, you know, you're just snuffling and, and snuffling and, you know, it's just fucking gooch in your face or wab in your face, like, ah, it's like dirty pig, that's a 69, I don't like that, I'm married, I like a 96 where you sleep top to toe and the bed with each other facing away from each other. And not speaking, that's the 96 and that, as a married man, is my favourite sex position. And that wasn't even a question, Michael, but cheers for asking about Musham. Patrick Quinn, uh, the uh, the Belfast guy in China, has said, if you could emigrate to any country, where would you go and why? Well, I, th- I have a funny feeling, Patrick, that maybe you are, in fact, some sort of government spy for China. You're maybe going to come back here at Belfast to plant 5G masts and then you know I want to be on side with you whenever it happens so I, I'm, I'm going to say China but realistically if I were to leave probably wouldn't mind going to live in America somewhere you know because I feel like over there at the minute they've got a real like real liberal sort of forward-thinking government regime that I'm kind of into you know I like the, the guy leading over there he seems like a real chill guy he looks a bit like my granny and I just like the way he's kind of just you know doing really forward-thinking things like just you know putting up walls to stop people getting into the country you know bringing back capital punishment and encouraging people to actively go to their supermarket and buy guns and kill children so I mean that's a place that would interest me other than that um you know I, I like the idea of going to like somewhere like Portugal just living in a in like a wine town just sort of by the sea eating eating flipping cockles and and mussels and squid and just drinking wine every day and just shouting at things not even people just things just sitting at a chair going hey you 
And that's how I want to retire. I want to actually, my brain, to just stop working. I just want someone to take me away and euthanize me, you know? So I'd probably say Portugal. It's a pretty chill place. But yeah, big shout out to the Chinese government and yourself, Patrick. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, Lisa Yates has said, is there anything you have said on the podcast that has disgusted or angered your wife? Now, you know what? I don't know. I'm sure I've said some things. There was there was actually one time now that she got a little bit cross with me whenever I was discussing <laughs> discussing on the podcast that we were actively trying to have a baby. She was like, "What if? What if we can't? You know, what if there's a problem? You know, people are going to be expecting this." And I was like, "That's ignorant." To be fair on your part, to try and take material away from my podcast because of your personal issues. All right. And then I said, I will talk about it whenever I want. And then she said, I'll divorce you. And I said, okay, never again. I'm sorry. And um, yeah, sometimes I just lose a run on myself. But I don't think there's anything that has angered her because she's been to see me do stand-up. She knows some of the things that I say in stand-up are far worse than what I say in this podcast. So... You know, I think she's kind of she kind of knows what to expect from me. She knows um, I can be a little bit ridiculous, but she also knows, you know, that that I've a heart of gold. You know, she knows that I don't mean anything by it, and you know, just because she is really bad personal hygiene, has a mouth on her like a sailor, it beats me a lot, and also beats our kids regularly. And I just want to point out, one of my children is actually three weeks old, so she should probably be beating her. Um, you know, other than that, I don't really say anything bad about her. Um, you know, she does steal drugs from the hospital she works in too and uh, injects me in my sleep. But apart from that, I mean, I don't really say anything negative about her. She's having an affair with a next-door neighbour, which is weird because my next-door neighbour is a pensioner and a woman. And But, you know, other than that, she's, she's a really... Yeah, she just kind of lives in my house and stuff. So thanks for that. Um, Lisa, Gareth Jordan said, as a Villa fan, can I just thank you? Uh, as an Arsenal fan, for big Martinez. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I definitely would say he's proven to be a better goalkeeper than our little Aryan king, Bernd Leno, because he's just... He basically gave the ball to Sterling the weekend for them to score goals, cost us the game. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really like that too much. And I'm, I'm sad to see him go, because he's sort of come up the whole way through with Arsenal, and it just really made me sad that he's gone, especially now he's top of the league with Aston Villa. If he can be top of the league with Aston Villa, you know. Anyway, people don't tune in here for podcast uh, sport. They turn in here for podcast education and science. So I'll just quickly move on. Cheers, Gareth, for that. Um, Dempster has said, Hey, Uncle Davey, not sure if this has ever been asked in the podcast before, but do you do comedy slash writing full time or does the king of the mountain have another occupation to keep food on the overly expensive table? Keep up the good work, Papa. Well, I do actually have another job um, as, as a pimp. I do, you know, keep keep my pimp hands strong and I do have a harem of illegally um, <laughs> obtained uh, staff, let's just say. But as well as that, I do have, I do have a day job yet at the minute. The, the plan is to try to you know, get things going to an extent that I can leave that day job. But at the moment, um, I do do that. I, I must admit it is uh, voluntary, but, you know, it is it, it is a day job that I do. And what is it with people wanting to know what to do? Because Chris Porter said straight up, what's your day job? And then he's come back in because he realized that was quite aggressive. And he said, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, do you have to act differently and work than you do doing comedy? 
I mean, no. I'm exactly the same as I am doing this, as I am in work. I just walk in and I'm just like, hey guys, fucking Trump, what about him? He absolutely killed it, didn't he? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. I'm like, he, he, he needs to definitely use that fist, make it iron, and just crush down on those bitches giving him shit. You know, I'm just like that at work. I just go around, I'm like, you know what, his, his philosophy's great. He just says, if you want, you can just go about grabbing people by the pussy, walk into my manager's office, be like, morning, <clears throat> you know, that's that's uh, what I'm like. No, but in all seriousness, um, I do, I, I just be professional. You know, whenever I'm here, I can sort of be silly. Whenever I'm in work, I kind of do have to. And I work with the public. You know, I do provide a service to the public. I work in housing, so it couldn't be like going to people's houses, being like, you know, here, will, me t- will you hear this wee joke about how much of a bastard my daughter is? And they're like, well, I don't really want to know. I just want to know if you can sort me somewhere living. I'll be like, ah, well. So, yeah, I do have to be slightly different. But in terms of with colleagues and stuff, I'm the same. You know, I'm the same sort of sort of guy that I am, you know. So, um. And yes, you know what? Actually, you say do my colleagues listen to radio shows and stuff? No, my, my colleagues are not supportive. My friends don't even listen to anything. They don't come to watch my shows. In fact, if anything, I, I don't really have any friends. You know, I'm just me, myself, and I have kind of isolated everybody. So maybe, yeah, maybe I, I should act differently is what I'm thinking because I'm just a lonely guy. Shea McMullen has said, are you always looking for things that could become stand-up material, or do you dedicate a specific time to sit and write? Much love. Um, that's a tough one. I, I do sometimes try and write, but normally it's like, you know, if you're setting fire to a house, you have to, like, you know, you need to have the right tools to set fire to a house. You need to sort of, you know, be in the right environment to be able to do it. You need to sort of, you can keep trying, but the house needs to catch fire before it goes up, you know, so... You need to like have an idea or see something that's funny and then go, how can I sculpt that into whatever I want it to be? So I think I've tried to sit down and actively just write out of nothing and I find that's more frustrating. So um, normally I'll just be sitting, minding my business and then something stupid will come into my head and I'll be like, that could be stand-up, you know? So that's normally how that comes about. But at the moment I've been trying to write a bit more because lockdown two is meant I can't do stand-up. So I just need to try to divert my attention into something different and try to you know make um make hay while the sun shines and by that i mean just you know take advantage of the massive depression that's coming you know just see if i can get in there and just loot a wee bit out before um everybody's going to just top themselves keith mcalevy said really enjoyed your appearance on the live tea with me podcast last night um which brought into question the best podcast episode of 2020 from you guys. It has to be Shane's birthday show where Judas acts were thrown out by the minute. Uh, what do you think is the best prank you ever pulled on anyone? I once seen my parents coming home from work, lay down on the carpet beside a fireplace and pretend that I was unconscious. That was not taken well. And um, well, what I want to say to you is, Keith, you just referenced two Patreon podcast appearances I made on Shane's Tea With Me Patreon, which, by the way, I... Um, being the entertainment there you know last night i went on his patreon it was on a zoom i could see people watching he was introducing it and he started going oh i am i drink drink tea but it's not actually tea that i drink it's just brown water that i dye and i was going 
the brown water like he's saying this to people who have paid to see this this is just brown water that I've uh, that I've died and I'm just watching going I wish I have died before I came on this fucking podcast this is the biggest pile of shit ever I actually texted producer Dan I was like Dan get me on here because the guy's talking shit he's lost a run of himself he's stealing money off these people get the champion in get the king of the mountain out there let the game player on get him on I'm Manuel Lanzini get me on I'll fucking smack it and I was a screamer in for you and believe it or not the power behind the throne stole the show, you know? So all I'm saying is if you're on Shane's Patreon, what you should do is ask for a refund and you think I'm going to say, come over to my Patreon and join there. I'm not. What you should do is just refund it and just give money, you know? Just just actually print the money and then once the money comes out of the machine, just get it out, go to the bank machine, get the money and just tear it up because that's what you may as well be doing because the content you're getting from him and by the way, he said he was the one that, that broke Boytown down, so yeah, fuck him. Um, but yeah, you think that the best uh, appearance was on his birthday, once again, a Patreon episode of his, his podcast. So Keith, get away from that and just, you know, never talk to me about him again. From now on, he is Voldemort in this podcast, the man who shall not be named. Um, but the best prank... I have ever pulled, well, I don't know what the best was, but the most recent, I don't know why I did this, I feel like some people talk about demon possession and things coming over people to do things that just happen to them in the moment, well, I about, I'd say it must have been for like the last maybe two months, had before my daughter was born, would have like phoned my parents or phoned Catherine's parents and just checked to see if they answered the phone. That's pretty pretty weird. You're like, why are you doing that? It's like, because I could be phoning them from saying, listen, we've had to go to hospital. So I'd be doing these wee tests, being ringing them, being like, just checking your answer because we could have been on the way to have the baby here. So, And there's been times where I've actually been on the phone to her actual mum, my wife's actual mum, my actual mother-in-law, and been like, you're lucky you answered that phone. You know, and she's been going, sorry, why? who is this? I'd be like, oh, why? Don't normally speak like this, do you? And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm also on the UDA. So just watch it. When I ring you, you answer, right? So I'd done that and then for some reason my mum answered and I just, I don't know what it was, just something about the tone, I just thought, you know what, fuck you, I'm going to get you. So as soon as I heard her go, hello, I just went, Catherine's having the baby, quick, you need to come around. And then before I could even go, ha that's just a joke, the phone went dead and I tried to ring my mum back, she was not answering, phone my dad, he was like, what is it? And I'm like, oh, uh, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, we're just on our way over. And I was like, I was just joking. And believe it or not, in that moment, he said some things to me. You know, he said some very angry things. He called me some very offensive names that I don't think you should call your son. You know, and in that moment, I sort of, you know, I kind of felt a wee bit like, like Omar Bin Laden again. I thought to myself, you know, my dad is pretty much shit, you know, I mean, my dad's on a par with his dad, you know, equally a sly, some of the things he said, and then I had to basically ring my mum, who was, had started to cry, because she thought it was so mean of me to do this, and she thought, you're such a bastard, and I had to say, look, you know, this is, and then she was like, have you ever heard of the boy who cried wolf, I'm like, obviously I've fucking heard about that, I say that to everyone all the time, and just, I just lost her on myself, had a wee moment, and you've overreacted, and I'm sorry, and I said, I will never play a joke on you ever again, I will never, you know, make anything fun or joke about it ever again, and ever since then, I have kept my word, and I have never said anything other than fact to my mum since then, which has made our conversations very boring, but 
that was it. Ali Campbell, I assume of UB40 fame, um, the UDA's favourite band, said, Snog, marry and avoid Arlene Foster, Michelle O'Neill and Scott Brown's sister. Um, well, for a start, I don't know who Scott Brown's sister is. I know who Scott Brown is. Um, and I feel like if I was doing anything with his sister, he'd be quite an intimidating figure to try to you know, get on side. So for that reason, I'm going to say I'm going to avoid Scott Brown's sister. Um, I'm going to say I'd like to snog Michelle O'Neill because um, I feel like Arlene would be a good um, life partner for me. I feel like we have a lot in common. Our views are very similar. And I think we would have a lot of very, you know, similar conversations and a lot of very similar interests. So, yeah, for that reason, I will get married. I will get married to Arlene Foster. And I will snog Michelle O'Neill and avoid Scott Brown's sister. Chris Kavanagh said, Papa, I'm very sorry I've been absent. Um, I don't know if you remember me from Boytown. Um, but I was the one moving to Denmark. I've been a good boy and caught up on what I've missed. Though, so I'm clocked in and ready for my shift. My question is about the studio. Um, do you have any plans for niche cum tones to the room? I'm thinking neon, neon dildos, leather jock straps, etc. Much love. First and foremost, you Danish prick, never leave me again. All right, that's it. I've had enough. You, you do not leave this again. And definitely change your name from Chris Kavanagh to something more Danish, please, for next time. Um, but what I'm going to say is, I think you've maybe caught up in Boytown. I hope. You've got it right up to the end because it's going to be awkward if you're going to be like, oh, I'm just catching on Boytown, a few more episodes to go. A couple other episodes, he's like, ah, oh, it's done. They're quit. It's over. Um, but in terms of the studio, nah, I think maybe, you know, I could maybe put a dildo here and once Manscaped inevitably terminate our uh, sponsorship deal because I've been making fun of the product. And then I did snag my actual hair on the podcast with the apparently non-snaggable razor. Um, but I mean, I have a very taut face. It's not like a hangy ball bag. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think maybe this studio space I do share with Shane. He's going to be over on that wall doing his own thing. And I've got this sweet setup here. But I think I, I like the... You know, you're a Scandinavian guy now. I like the minimalist, sleek look. I like the studio. I like what it brings. It doesn't distract people from anything around here, you know. But what I will say is if any listeners want to send me any strap-ons or dildos or, you know, you know any guys that can put glory holes in the buildings, send them my way. We'll get them sorted up and we'll maybe hang like a dildo from the roof or something. What do you think, Ben? Would you be interested in that? Happy days. So yeah, Greg Moore has said, well, Big Papa, hope your new baby's keeping well and you haven't taught it to say fuck's sake just yet. Um, is a new baby your excuse for your embarrassing points total in the Fantasy League at the minute? Well, Greg, you know what you can do? You can get in a car with Chris Kavanagh and you can both fuck off to go fuck yourselves well together. Last night... I realised I sucked a lot of balls on the fantasy football. So I played my wild card, I've changed my entire team, and I'm coming for you. So watch out. And never, ever give me disrespect via a question again. And I'm and I'm coming for you in the fantasy league. I'm going to come up behind you like a fucking hungry tiger. I'm going to jump on your back like a hungry tiger. I'm going to scrab you like a hungry tiger. And then I'm going to fuck you. Hypothetically, in the league. But watch out 
Um, John Joe Flutter said, Yo, Davey, interested in your elaborating on your comments about being a big straight bear. Um, are we about to see a Sly Guy only fans? Um, that's just my Patreon. You know, you should know that you're a man over there. If people want to see nudes, listen, get on touch over on Patreon. Ben's going to help me out with that. We're going to make more more content over there. If people are willing to pay to see me nude, Ben, can we sort that out? If we have to. If we have to. Listen, this man is a man that's into, into spondulics, so whatever you want, he'll do for a price. Uh, Stephen Rogers, have you watched Broad City? We rinsed it all in a few weeks. If so, are you an Abby or an Alana? Um, I'm going to say no, I've not seen Broad City. Um, I'm either going to assume it's about... Dublin, which it probably isn't, or New York, because it's full of broads, you cocksucker. So um, I don't know what broad city is, but would you recommend it? Normally, that's what I would expect people to do, Stevie, is come in and be like, would recommend, or it's also shite, don't watch it. Um, But haven't seen it, but what I do want to say, and thanks for, for getting in touch, is that I want to thank you from the image of Luciano Pavarotti, my dad. You sent me on Twitter today, I enjoyed that very much. I especially enjoyed the very the very niche sort of subtle, we, uh, what's that called when something pops in? An Easter egg, isn't it? When they pop it in the thing, it'll be Easter egg of the B&Q logo. Very sexy. Um, but yeah, let me know about Broad City next week and maybe I'll check that out. And I think it's the last question. Jamie Lee McAllister. Um, by the way, still no pussies in my garden, so thank you for that. Um, hi Dave, I came across this rather interesting news story the other day and thought you might like to have a look at it. I'm all in for recycling, but I feel this is a step too far. And before I've even read the story, she's finished it with the the, the line, the statement, those Asian guys. <laughs> I mean, we all know what the Asian guys are like here. They're Asians or Americans are always up to something. You know, you always see a story and it's either a Chinese man or an American man, which I mean, in some respects, get together, guys, please don't have a third world war. The, um, <laughs> the headline of the article is factory caught washing, recycling, and reselling over 300,000 used condoms. The owner of an illicit, I love it, it's an illicit factory, has said that she had hand-washed them, then dried the condoms before selling them on to unsuspecting members of the public. Now, what I do want to say about this, how do you buy condoms in China? You know, do they not come in the wee packet where you can, like, or in China, do they just be like, there you go? <laughs> and you just have to be like, I mean, I'm going to say, it's like, you know when you blow up a balloon and it sort of loses all its loses all its air? It, you can tell it's saggy or be like, that's been used. It's the same way with a Johnny. You know, you can tell it's been used. And a lot of condoms that I've seen that have been used often have like, I think, you know, what, what my uncle used to always tell me it was, was like, you know, a wee bit of frube in it. You know, that petty flu frube. And he'd be like, all oh, my frubes are actually, you know, organic frubes that I just make myself. So rather than when I was a kid going to his house and he would have given me a frube out of the fridge, he would just take a frube oddly out of his tracksuit bottoms and it would just be like that. And I would, you know, and that would be, would be that. But I mean, I think it's very inventive. And I hope that the woman who owns the condom factory is, is making a decent bit of dough out of it. You know, because I mean, to individually hand wash and sell 300,000 condoms. That's a task, and I think that woman deserves, if anything, praise. So thank you for that question, guys. That's the end of the podcast. Once again, I just want to say thanks to the sponsors, Modest Beer and Manscaped. If you're looking to get your pubes trimmed once again, go to manscaped.com, use the code SLYGUY, all caps. Um, If you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps. You know, we're trying to move things forward here with the video and other things. I've employed this guy 
he's very expensive so you know a help with that and lastly if you want to get more bonus content if you want to get a bit more involved with things you know maybe suggest ideas we, we've actually had a discussion of what we're going to do over on patreon other than nudes um you bounce over to patreon sci guy podcast with dave elliott it's only for five dollars a month and you can subscribe for less than that if you want because i've not figured out how to work the tiers so if you want to fiddle the system get over there and mug me off get to look at some stuff over there but once again guys thank you very much again if you like the, the show rate and review share it do whatever and if you don't like it you know just here's a big fucking fuck you but enjoy your week anyway and don't leave the house wear a mask build the glory hole live the dream see you next week i'm the slack guy